0: Hello, and welcome back. Welcome back to my vlog. No, I'm just kidding. Welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about how to access the power of God. You want to stay to the end of this. It'll change your life. It'll change the course and direction of your life. And before we get into it, I want to introduce you for the first time to my girlfriend, Kinsey Pody, everyone. hand clap in the comments. This is Kinsey. Kinsey, say hello. Hello. Say it the mic. Hello. <laughs> Kenzie is an anointed preacher, a woman of God, and I've never heard anybody preach on holiness the way that she can. And so I wanted to have her on, not just to introduce her, and to join me today for our first live stream together, but to teach on a topic that she's anointed to teach on. This isn't just something that she pulled up some notes and she's just <laughs> going to pull out of her rear end. She's actually like anointed to preach a topic like this. She really can preach on holiness, and it'll change your life. Because the key thing that you need to understand, I want you to type this in the comments, holiness is the doorway to God's power. So many people want to access the power of God, but they're not willing to purify themselves. They're not willing to make themselves a holy vessel that God can actually use in the earth. So we're going to teach you the keys that will make you a vessel that accesses God's power. Make sure you give this video a thumbs up, share it if you have not already, and make sure that we get ready. To encounter God today.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, I want to start in Romans chapter 8. Everybody turn to Romans chapter 8 with me. We're going to start Romans 8 two. And as you're turning there, I'll say hello to Emma, Jimmy. Good morning, everyone. Mercedes, good morning. We're going to have a lot of fun today. This is great. <laughs> Keep liking, keep sharing. Romans chapter eight, listen to this. This is a common argument in the church that many people don't understand. The, the problem with the grace message is that people think that God's grace is a license to sin and get away with it. But that's not how grace works. Grace from God does not mean, all right, now Jesus died for you. He paid the price for sin. You can live however you want. The Bible says time and time again that the evidence that you've been born again The evidence that God is living on the inside of you is that you live a holy life, pure. Now, it's not a life that you could live in your own strength. It requires the Holy Ghost inside of you. But look at what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection. Romans chapter 8, 2 says this. For the law, this is a spiritual law, that when you're born again, this law comes into effect if you're willing to work the law. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free From the law of sin and death. I want you to type in the comments, I'm set free from the law of sin. We've been set free from the law of sin. What that means is sin no longer has dominion over you. You once were entangled. You once were stuck in a stronghold of sin. But now you've been set free from sin. Kinsey's been in the ministry for like 20 years, 23 now technically. (laughs) She was born in the ministry, but she's also a youth pastor. She's seen people come in. She's seen people go out. She's seen people go from a crazy life to a holy life. So Kinsey, what are your thoughts on holiness?
2: Well, one thing is that if you don't think that you can be free from sin, you won't be free from sin. Mm. And there's so many people in the modern Christianity movement that will tell you that you can't live a sin-free life or that it's impossible or that everybody has to struggle and go through things, but that's simply not true. The Bible says that you have been set free from the law of sin and death, Mm -hmm. and you will never hit a target that you don't know is there. Mm -hmm. So it is an option to live sin-free. It is an option to live holy, even as a young person. It's an option to go the way of God and refuse the way of the world, and there's so many benefits in doing that, but it is an option. So don't let anyone tell you that it's not an option because it is.
0: Amen. It's totally an option. Yeah. Like the number one thing you hear in religious circles, is I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. But it literally makes no logical sense. You're either a sinner or you've been saved. You're either a born-again Christian or you're a sinner in the world. You can't have both.
1: Right.
0: Our pastor, her dad, Pastor Stan Pody, says it's even worse than oil and water. You can't. If you had righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and sinner together, it would explode. It doesn't right. make sense. They're total polar opposites. <laughs> so you either are the righteousness of God in Christ, like it says in 2 Corinthians 5, or you're a sinner that needs to be saved by grace. But if you're watching this today, I believe you're already born again. If you're not, you can go watch my video on how to get born again. But I want you to read this with me. Go to Romans chapter six, verse 14. Listen to this, because the number one argument that I get (laughs) is Romans chapter seven, where people say that Paul was writing and said, I do the things I don't wanna do. Although I know what is right to do, I just can't do it. But they miss Romans six and they miss Romans eight. Remember, Paul didn't sit down and write all 16 letters of the book of Romans and send them individually. This was one letter written to the churches in Rome, and he gives you every answer that you need when it comes to walking out of a sinful life. Mm -hmm. And Romans 6.14 says this, For sin shall not have dominion over you. I want you to type in the comments, sin does not have dominion over me. You have to have revelation on that. You can't, now you can school yourself into faith, confess it, but you must realize now, the eyes of your understanding must be enlightened to know that sin no longer has dominion over you. You've been covered in the oil of gladness. When sin tries to grab a hold of you, it slips off. It no longer has dominion over you. The Bible says you've received an anointing from the Holy One, and in Isaiah 10, 27, it says the anointing destroys the yoke. What it means is that your spirit man has Burst out Mm -hmm. of a yoke of bondage of sin in your life The anointing of the Holy Ghost has given you freedom over the slavery of sin Sin no longer has dominion over you Now the thing is is people quote Romans 7, but you got to remember in Romans chapter 8 Paul immediately said if you'll walk by the spirit and not by the flesh, you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. It says in Galatians five. So you learn how to walk a life by the Spirit of God. Our pat, my pastor, Pastor Stan says this: You are a speaking spirit. Mm-hmm. You must understand: You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. Learn to walk by the Spirit of God, and sin will no longer grab a hold of you.
2: Amen. Amen. That's so good. So you have to understand that sin does not have dominion over you as a believer. And then you have to make actions and make steps to vo- get rid of sin in your life. Yeah. So you can't just believe that you don't have to have sin in your life. You have to actually go after a sin-free life, which is attainable, like we said. But you have to go after a, t- a sin-free life. And one way to do that is in Romans 12, 2, in the message version, it says this. It says, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture mm. that you fit into it without even thinking. Wow. So going the way of the world is mindless. Going the way of the world, you don't have to do anything to go to hell. You, don't yeah. have, you can just sit back and relax and have a good time and end up on the path of destruction. But you have to make a point to not become well-adjusted to your culture. That means if the way of the world says it's fun, if the way of the world says it looks good, if the way of the world says, come try this, come do this, you have to make a decision in your life. While you're young, especially, you have to make a decision to not go that way Mm -hmm. and then put things in your life that will ensure you don't go that way. That's good. Like accountability, having a pastor, having a group of friends that are faith-filled and that have um, the way of holiness inside of them. So you have to take steps and take actions to get rid of sin in your life. But if you just sit back and relax, you won't do that. So it's something that you have to purpose to do is live holy. You have to purpose to do that or you won't do it.
0: Amen. And Jesus said, he told his disciples, you've been made clean by the words that I've spoken to you. So God's word will cleanse you. Mm -hmm. I want you to type that in the comments. God's word cleanses me of sin. So people will say, I, I mean, I'm stuck in this. I'm stuck in that. I can't break free from this. How do I break free? Find four scriptures yeah. that talk about whatever you might be struggling with and stand on those scriptures. Every day, wake up and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I do not fulfill the desires of the flesh. I am Amen. a speaking spirit. Sin no longer has dominion over me. Start speaking God's word over your situation right now. And you'll watch God's word clean you. The continual... Washing of the Word of God. So that's number one. God's Word will set you free from sin. Number two learning how to crucify the flesh Mm -hmm. Well, somebody once said how do you how do you stop the flesh? How do you crucify it? And I was told as a young man in the Lord Starve it you have to starve your flesh any desire of your flesh that is still too strong for you to get a hold of You have to crucify it. You got to learn how to starve it Stop watching those TV shows. Stop looking at those pictures on Instagram. Stop listening to that music that's getting in your head. Stop feeding yourself those things. Get those things out of your ear gate, out of your eye gate. (laughs) Get them out of your life and watch God's word begin to renew your mind. I want you to go with me to Romans 12 and listen to this.
1: Hmm.
0: Romans 12 verse 1. I urge you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. If anybody tells you you don't need to live holy, they lie. Yeah. They lie. You got to live holy. This is a requirement. This is after 11 chapters of Paul telling the Roman church, this is what happened to you in Christ. This is, we call it the Romans road. In Romans 10, he said, get saved. This is how you get saved to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And then two chapters later, he tells you what to do once you're saved. Renew your mind. Listen to this. Present your, your, your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service and worship. And he says this in verse 2. Do not conform. Type in the comments, I will not conform. Do not conform. When your buddies try to get you to conform, do not conform. When your girlfriend tries to get you to conform, do not conform. When the the music industry when major worship bands when big celebrity pastors when they try to get you to compromise and they try to get you to conform Do not conform to what the patterns of this world? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind god's word renews your mind What happens is your thought patterns the bible says as a man thinketh so is he Your thought patterns, it says in James 1, sin is birthed out of the desires of your heart. Sin is first birthed or conceived out of one's own desires. Mm -hmm. So when you change the patterns of your mind, as a man thinketh, so is he. You will stop birthing or conceiving sin in your life because you'll think holy things. The Bible says, think on these things. Have the mind of Christ, noble things, true things, holy things. You'll conform the patterns of your mind. And you will not be transformed into the patterns of this world. Amen? Amen. Amen.
2: Amen. I see a bunch of comments on here about people asking, what if I don't have a choice in the music I listen to or what if I don't have a choice in the movies I watch? Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. You always have a choice. The thing about the word is that It doesn't put people in boxes based upon where you were born, how you were born, your skin color, your your demographic, anything like that. You have a choice, Mm. and you can actually break out of where you are right now by using the word. So maybe your parents don't listen to godly music. Well, you can make a choice to leave the room. You can make a choice to make sure your phone is full of godly music. Mm. Whatever you can do right now, you can control what happens in your life. And I know a lot of people will tell you that you don't have any control or that God's the only one in control, yeah. but that's not true. You can make choices today that will help or hinder your future. You can make a choice today that will set you on a path of holiness. In Isaiah, it says there is a way called holiness. Yeah. So you can walk in that way. You can do it. It is attainable, but you will have to make those decisions and make those choices. And if your friend group doesn't want to do that, then you have a choice. Get a new friend group. That's right. If the people that you're hanging with, if your boyfriend wants to push boundaries, get another boyfriend. Mm. Well, Get rid of that, boyfriend. <laughs> you nah, can make this one. You can make a choice. No matter what circumstance you're in, no matter where you're born, what your family looks like, wow. what your family does, you can choose to not repeat that cycle in your own life. Yeah. You can put a stop to the sin in your life. You can put a stop to it by using the word against your situation. You always have a choice, and there is always an option to live holy.
0: Amen. Oh, that's so good. I like how she said, even what your family looks like. So they could be drop dead ugly (laughs) and you still have a choice. It doesn't matter what your family looks like.
1: (laughs) Uh, So I want
0: to, I want to finish reading. That was so good. I told you she's anointed Romans 12. This is what happens when you choose to live holy. Mm -hmm. Like pastor Kinsey just said, I want you to type in the comments. I choose to live holy. It is a choice. Yeah. Choose today to draw a line in the sand. Joshua chose. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I can't make a decision for you. Can't make a decision for your family. But I make a decision for me and my family and everybody associated with me. We will serve the Lord. Yes. And listen to this. When you live holy, this is what happens. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that this may happen, that you may prove What is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God? The reason why many people don't know God's will for their life is because they don't live for God. They don't live holy. When you live holy, I want you to think about how God speaks. It's kind of like radio frequencies. God has a frequency in the spirit that he speaks in. But sin and corruption Mm -hmm. messes up the signal. Mm -hmm. So God might be trying to lay out his plan for your life. God is trying to reveal his will for your life. But if there's sin in your life, you're messing with the frequencies and they can't quite get through to prove to you Mm -hmm. what is his good, acceptable and perfect will for your life. So when you choose to live holy, you'll know in your spirit man, God will speak to you in his word. Mm -hmm. He'll make it abundantly clear what his will for your life is. So there's benefits to living holy. I want you to go with me now to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And so many people with the holiness message, they think, well, if I live holy, I'm not going to be able to have fun. If I live holy, my life is going to be boring. That's a lie from the pit of hell. When you live holy, your life gets a million times better. I know. I lived in the world for 21 years. My life now compared to when I was in the world is way more fun. I travel more now. I have more money now. I've got better friendships now. I've got... Now, I've got so many great things now. I've got the best pastors in the world. I'm in the best church on the planet and the universe, in case there's one on Mars. You never know. But me living holy compared to when I didn't live holy, I would never pick my old life compared to now. Your life does not get worse when you serve God. Your life goes up when you serve God. God makes everything better. This is what Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 6. He said this verse six, Timothy 6, 1 Timothy six, verse six, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. I want you to write that in your notes. Godliness is great gain. The Bible does not say godliness will take you backwards in life. It doesn't say godliness will give you a terrible life. Living holy, living godly, is Great gain in your life. God's blessing comes upon you. You start living for God Amen. Consecrated the windows of heaven open over your life. The right people come in the wrong people head out Amen. Everything about your life gets washed everything about your life goes up Godliness is great gain Amen, Amen. you would know she never spent any time in the world <laughs> But you've seen it. So what's your experience with godliness and great game?
2: Godliness is great game. Most people don't understand that the anointing on your life is tied to the holiness of your life. Mm Many people will tell you that, that you can do all these other things to be anointed, but that's not true because the Bible says in Hebrews 1, nine that Jesus loved righteousness and yeah. hated wickedness. Mm-hmm. Therefore, he was anointed more than other people. Mm-hmm. He was anointed with the oil of joy. That proves that it's fun to live holy. Amen. But he was anointed above other people because he loved righteousness and he hated wickedness. Yes. So holiness is loving what God loves and hating what God hates. And God hates yeah. sin. God hates sin. God hates anything that would break your fellowship with him. And so that's exactly what the devil is tr- going to try to get you to do. Break your fellowship with God through living a life that God Hate. Mm. So if you want the anointing If you want to see miracles If you want to see blind eyes open and deaf ears unstopped right. And you want to see the power of God demonstrated in your life yeah. You must live holy mm. It is a requirement in order to have the power of God working in your life mm. It's a requirement It's not an option It's not a suggestion It's what Jesus did And it's what you have to do In order to have the power of God flowing in your life mm. In order to do what you're called to do, really
0: yeah. Amen Amen that's so right. It's absolutely right. Praise God. I want to say hi to Hannah this morning. I know people hi. have been like typing in the comments saying, is this pre-recorded? We are live. Hello, Hannah. If anyone is on here right now, if you don't already subscribe to Hannah Williamson, yeah. go subscribe to Hannah Williamson. She's a great preacher of the Word. She preaches. She's one of the few people in this generation <laughs> that preaches the uncompromised gospel. And uh, we like her. We're great friends. But I, I, believe, I believe we'll get to meet in person soon, Hannah. Yeah like kinsey said holiness draws the anointing on your life there's a reason he's called the holy spirit he's not the unholy spirit (laughs) so when you live an unholy life you can't expect the holy ghost to show up and want to hang out with you now he'll live inside of you he's he's born again but he left saul when saul went against god he left saul so you never want to risk it for the biscuit with this one (laughs) if you don't live holy You very well have a high chance that the Holy Ghost is going to leave your life. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, when I come, will I find faith on the earth in those days? He wants to find you living holy. He said, or am I going to find people out at the bars? Am I going to find people partying? And am I going to find people in fornication and adultery? Type this in the comments. When Jesus comes, he will find me living holy. You cannot be ashamed. He said, are people going to be ashamed at my coming? There's two options and two groups of people. There are going to be people that are ready to meet him in the air and they're unashamed. Or there's people that are going to be ashamed and they're going to shrink back when he comes because they know that they haven't been living right. Wow. Two groups of people. I was going to respond to that comment, but I I don't have time for it. Can I scroll up to it, kid? Someone had a... Will you let the young people and I have here in the room know that you and your girlfriend are not having sex? That is correct. Yeah. We are not having sex. We do not kiss. We have decided that those things are holy according to the Bible. Well, why don't you hit on that? You're really you really good know,
2: that. You know, we're not having sex before marriage because if you do, you'll go to hell.
0: That's right. Because
2: the Bible says that no fornicator <laughs> is going to inherit the kingdom of God. So if there's something that you can do that will keep you out of heaven, and most people won't tell you that there's there's nothing you could do, like God loves you. Yes, you can't be separated from his love, but we're not talking about his love. We're talking about the reward that you get from living a holy life. So if you, if you are sleeping with your boyfriend or you're sleeping with your girlfriend and you're not married, that's called fornication. And most people won't tell you that, but that's called fornication, and it is a sin, and it is in the Bible that if you do such a thing, you will not— receive the kingdom of heaven. That's right. And without holiness, the Bible says, no one will even see God wow. without holiness. It says you will not see God. So if there's something that I can do that will ensure that I never see God, it's important to me to keep that thing out of my life yeah. or keep that thing in my life. So we're not going to sleep until, sleep together until we're married. We're not even going to kiss before we're married because... Everyone knows what that leads to. Everyone knows that kissing is for marriage. The Bible says to keep the marriage bed holy. That's right. And before before this generation got lo- in loose in their morals, the reason that at a wedding it says you may now kiss the bride is because to people who had righteous morality in you know the 1900s or 1800s in the old days, it was sexually immoral to even kiss before marriage because that was unholy. That was reserved for men and women who were married. That's why it says you may now kiss your bride Amen. because she wasn't your bride before that day. Yes. So there is a reason that you don't do that because one We won't go to heaven if we do. And two, we want the anointing. We want the anointing to flow in our life. I need the anointing to preach to young people. He needs the anointing to preach to young people. So even if it wasn't about heaven or hell, which it is, you still, you need the anointing more than you need uh, gratification of the flesh. And if you ever sell out to temporary gratification, you risk losing the anointing. And then you risk the call of God on your life. It's so important. And if you will keep the importance and the urgency of living holy in your life, you will keep yourself pure and you'll be a vessel of honor that can be used for great things of the Lord.
0: Yeah. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better. Amen. 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 Praise God. If you want the anointing, if you want yeah. the power, it's not even an option. Right. You can't even think about it. And it's not even like, we don't just have sex that we're married. We don't just kiss. We have even abstain from the appearance of evil. Right. The Bible says even abstain from the appearance of evil. We, may, we go out of our way to make sure it mm-hmm. doesn't even look like there's a chance that there's any unholiness going on. My pastor, her dad, Pastor Stan Pody, he says it this way. I'll never forget this. He told me this. He said, Talon, the flesh is weak and the devil is a liar. Never put yourself in a position where your flesh can be weak yeah. or the devil can make a lie about you. Yeah. Because the flesh is weak and the devil is a liar. Greater men than me have fallen because of stupid things that the flesh, they gave their flesh an opportunity. I'm not going to, not even an option. Right. It's not an option. not an option. Type that in the comments. The flesh is weak and the devil is a liar. Amen. Amen. As you're typing that, I want you to go with me. We're going to hit on this and then uh, we'll close with this. 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to talk about being vessels of honor. Vessels that carry God's glory. The Bible says that us being new believers, a new creation, totally new species. God's never made anyone like the redeemed Christian before. We behold God's glory. In the Old Testament, it says that Moses was ashamed and he put a veil over his face. But we behold the glory of God with unveiled face mm-hmm. because we know we're going to heaven. We know we're blood-bought children of God. We carry God's glory. And I always like to explain it this way. The Bible tells you multiple times in the New Testament that you're responsible for purifying yourself. Mm-hmm. That God's not just good now; It's by the strength of the Holy Ghost. It's by the power of God's word yeah. that does the work. But we have to cooperate with God. Yeah. And your cooperation with God purifies your glass or your mirror or your vessel that beholds the glory of God. Yeah. It says we behold God's glory as in a glass. Mm-hmm. So this vessel, this earth suit, is a glass. The glory of God is in the glass. When you first get born again, the glass is dirty. But as you purify yourself, the glass becomes clean. Mm -hmm. As the glass becomes clean, God's glory literally, I'm not talking about figuratively. This isn't like spiritual metaphor. Literally, the glory of God begins to radiate out of your face. If you look up old paintings of the apostles, all of the old paintings of the apostles, they had a globe of glory around their head because they lived holy. You don't get to carry the glory unless you live holy. And this is what Paul told Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting at verse 20. Listen to this. In a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also those of wood and clay. Mm -hmm. So I want you to get this, a large house, God's house. In God's house, there's two types of vessels. Vessels that are gold and silver, Mm -hmm. vessels that are wood and clay. You are either gold and silver or you are wood and clay. But also those of wood and clay. Some are for honor and some for dishonor. So you're either a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor. 21. One who cleanses himself. I want you to underline that in your Bible. Highlight it. One who cleanses themselves from these things will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, fit for the master's use, and prepared for every good work. So you flee youthful desires and pursue righteousness, faith and love and peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So you're required to purify yourself. Mm-hmm. You're required to cleanse yourself. Notice after it mentions gold and silver, wood and clay, it doesn't mention wood and clay after that. Meaning that a wooden and clay vessel doesn't get used. God, Now many people would be like, well, the wooden and clay vessels, they come out for dishonorable use. Here's a fun fact. God doesn't have dishonorable use. God never uses anybody dishonorably. The only time God ever used somebody dishonorably was when he spoke through a donkey. So a donkey has a better chance being used than an unholy Christian does. Wow. Wow. So you either live holy and you're a vessel of gold, you're a vessel of honor, or you're worse off than a donkey. (laughs) Amen? Amen. And she's a youth pastor, so she can teach you about this.
2: Yeah, it says um, that there are vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. And this, this isn't, lest you think that we're just being mean and judgmental, this isn't talking about God's love for okay. you. God loves you. He sent his son to die for you. There's nothing you could do to make him love you less. But in order to be used of him in this earth, you have to sanctify yourself to be set apart to be useful. Yeah. You have to sanctify yourself. And so many people think that holiness, I know that a lot of people say that holiness is just about your position to God. Like he has reconciled you to Christ, like uh, Colossians 1.22 says, and he's made you holy. That's called your positional holiness. There's two aspects of holiness. You can put this in the comments. One is your positional holiness. And then number two is your behavioral holiness. So your positional holiness and your behavioral holiness. Your position is how God sees you. God sees you righteous. He sees you blameless. He loves you. He sees you holy, pure. He sees you as his bride, his spotless bride. Now, because of that, you are to make yourself line up with the way he sees you in your conduct. A positional scripture would be this, Colossians 122, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Yeah, wow. That is how God sees you. <coughs> now here is the behavioral aspect. Yes. Second Corinthians 7.1 Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Or First Peter one fifteen and 16. But as is... But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Mm -hmm. So there's the way God sees you, which is holy. And then there is the way you act, because you have that position with God, which is you act holy. So your position is holy. You have to understand who you are in Christ. You are loved and redeemed by the Father. Now, because of that, you make sure your life looks like God's. Be holy because he is holy. Mm -hmm. So if sin isn't in his life, sin isn't in our life. Amen. If unholiness isn't in his life, unholiness isn't in our life. Because he has purified us, we now purify ourselves in our conduct, in our way of life. Yes. So that's positional holiness and behavioral holiness. And you need both of them. Mm -hmm. You need revelation on both of them.
0: Amen. Yeah, the Bible says we've been born again Mm -hmm. from a non-corruptible seed. So you've been born again by the seed of the Holy Spirit. It's the same seed that birthed Jesus out of Mary. I want you to understand that. So being born again from uncorruptible seed. That's why Jesus said you judge a tree by its what? Its fruit. A corrupted seed, when it is planted in the earth, it will grow up, it will be born, and it will bear awful fruit. But a non-corruptible, good, Holy Ghost-born seed... Mm -hmm. When it grows up into a tree, it will bear good fruit. It'll bear the fruits of the Spirit. It'll bear the power of God. It will bear a holy life. Amen. That's how you test. You work out your faith. You work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And the Bible says test yourself. See if you're in the faith. Test the fruits of the Spirit in your life. Test if you're living holy. Test if you crucified the flesh. And you'll find out whether or not you've been born again from uncorruptible seed. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Holiness, I want you to understand this about holiness just to, to help the carnal mind thinks that holiness is a limiter The spiritual person knows that holiness is the answer
1: mm-hmm.
0: You living a holy life is what lifts you up to the highest heavens It's what gives you the ability to see, sit in heavenly places yeah. living consecrated God said be holy for I am holy The only one that sits at the right hand of God with Christ that is seated in heavenly places is someone that says I will be like God mm-hmm. Even the devil, he was deceived and he said, I will be like the most high God. Even the devil knew that if I sit myself at the right hand of God, that I'll be like God. Well, Jesus said he's lifted us up together with him and we sit in heavenly places. The only way to take that position is by living holy. God is love, but God is holy. The most powerful aspect of God is his holiness. The angels sing one thing around the throne. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. The whole earth is filled with his glory. You want to see the earth filled with the glory of God? Live holy. Preach holiness. Tell young people, live holy, and God's glory will accompany you. Amen?
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Well, praise God. This has been awesome. Before you go, we want to pray for you. And uh, I want to teach you something that changed my life drastically. Go to Malachi chapter 3. And I'm going to teach you something about holiness out of Malachi 3. Malachi 3. When you're there, type in the comments Amen. I'm going to read something out of Leviticus to you. (laughs) I don't preach much out of Leviticus. (laughs) But this will bless you. This will bless you. Leviticus 27.20, I believe it is. No, maybe not that one. Oh, Leviticus 27.30? Leviticus 27 30 listen to this and all the tithe of the land whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's it is holy unto the Lord When you talk about holiness, not only your life But there's things that are holy and consecrated unto God The tithe is one of them your tithe and your offerings are holy They are set apart For God now I want you to listen to this and I want to teach you something that changed my financial life forever This ties in with holiness and we're going to give you an opportunity to give but in malachi 3 it says this starting in verse 10 Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and test me now in this Says the lord of hosts if I will not open for you the windows of heaven that word windows the better Translation in the hebrew is floodgates not just windows, floodgates. Open the floodgates of heaven and pour out for you a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that it will not destroy the fruit of your ground and the vines of your field will not fail to bear fruit, says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations of the earth will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land. What happens when you live holy? People look on you and they say, there's something different about you. You're blessed the nations will call you blessed people will say whatever they have I need it and I want what they have the tithe is one of those holy things that God says is set apart for him And your offerings in Malachi 3 now I tell you guys this all the time your tithe is to go to your storehouse the church that you attend Whatever your local churches that you attend That's where your tithe goes if you don't have a local church wherever you're being fed the word I know some people tithe to this ministry but I always tell you if you're not in a local church uproot your life and move down to Ruston, Louisiana Amen. and come to faith church Come bring your tithe Amen. to this storehouse get into a house with great pastors that will raise you up in the Holy Ghost Raise you up in faith and raise you up and what God's will is for your life But on top of that your offerings. I want you to understand this about the holy tithe the holy tithe when you give it it unlocks the floodgates I want you to understand this tithing unlocks the floodgates. Many people think if I just tithe, then the floodgates of heaven will open over my life. That's not exactly how it works. Tithing unlocks the floodgates. Every offering on top of that tithe is what comes out of the floodgates. So if you're a 10% giver, Pastor Hankins says it this way. You haven't hit generous until you've gone past 10%. So, if you're just the tither, you're not generous. Mm-hmm. That's not generosity. That doesn't get anything out of the floodgates. It just unlocks mm-hmm. them. Anything over 10% is what God multiplies. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over into your life. 30 fold, 60 fold, 100 fold. <laughs> so, your tithe unlocks the floodgates of heaven. Your offering pours out a blessing so great on your life, you don't have enough room to store it all. So, I want you to know in your giving, It is holy it is set apart for God and in your offerings God multiplies it back to your life Good measure pressed down shaken together and running over So I want to give you an opportunity to give today if you've been blessed by this message If you've been blessed by this ministry at all and if you want to see increase in your finances We're going to give you an opportunity to give right now on your screen The different options are going to be on your screen. Sorry kids. We got to cut you out for a second (laughs) The different ways that you can give to this ministry are on your screen right now. If you're listening by podcast, you can give through Cash App, Venmo, PayPal. Cash App is dollar sign Revival Way. Venmo is at Revival Way. PayPal is at Revival Way. Or you can give on our website, RevivalWay.com. And I thank you ahead of time for your giving. You can also give on our website, by clicking partner financially today. And you can give through super chat in the comments. But we always give you an opportunity to give. Many people, they they shy away from giving people an opportunity to give financially. We don't. I've been broke. I know what it feels like to not tithe. I know what it feels like to not have the blessing of God in my life by giving offerings. When I began to tithe when I started giving offerings, God broke me out of poverty. He broke the back of poverty on my life forever. When I realized that the tithe is holy and it's set apart for the Lord and the floodgates of heaven opened over my life. I went like my pastor says, I went from the land of not enough into the land of barely enough. And now God is quickly increasing me through the land of more than enough, more than enough for every good work. And I believe that's going to be your blessing today as you give. So I'll give you the a couple seconds to give on the screen here. As you give, we're going to pray for your giving. And we're going to pray for everybody that's on the live stream today. Make sure if you haven't already, you give this video a thumbs up and you share it with a friend. And we thank you for your giving. You're a blessing. This ministry, I don't know the exact number, but conservatively, I would say we've reached conservatively three to 400 million people between TikTok and YouTube. God is genuinely using us to reach this young generation and we're helping other people too, helping, Cade, helping Caden, helping uh, new guys in the church that are being raised up to preach the gospel all over as well. So this is a, a profound impact that God is having through social media in this generation. So we thank you for your giving we're currently feeding 1500 kids every month in other countries through an organization called Feed the Hungry We have 11 other ministries that we partner with on a monthly basis and we're only increasing those numbers We started at feeding 30 kids a month a year ago. I think Little over a year ago. I remember when I had to stretch my faith to feed 30 kids a month But I was gonna do it because I know that the Bible says that you take care of those that can't repay you And I remember stretching my faith to pay For 30 kids a month to eat and then I remember we moved up to a hundred and then we moved up to 200 And then we moved up to 500 and then all of a sudden it was like God just started pouring out blessings more and more on the ministry. Then we moved up to a thousand And then we sat at 1200 for a couple months and then just two months ago We bumped it up to 1500 So we've just been increasing and increasing and increasing and we're thankful for your giving because you help us to do it Before I pray for you Does Pastor Kinsey have anything else?
2: I don't. Just understand that you can do this. You can live holy. In the Holy Spirit, anything that the Lord tells you to do, His grace will be there to help you do it. So anything that the Lord commands you to do in the Word, He empowers you to do it through the Holy Ghost. So stay filled with the Holy Ghost. Stay filled up. Pray in the Holy Spirit, young people, and you will see yourself start to live a holy life. Make the choices that you need to make. To get sin rid out of your, get rid of sin in your life, and then by the power of the Holy Ghost, pray in the Holy Ghost, build yourself up. Don't yeah. let yourself get weak in faith. Don't let yourself go days without reading the Word. Yeah. Stay filled up in the Spirit, and you will see that holiness is attainable. It's not hard. It's not legalistic. It's not judgmental. It's actually attainable. It's fun, and you get to go forward with Christ and fulfill the high call of God on your life when you implement holiness. And you can do it.
0: Amen. Amen. I like how Evangelist Tiff says it. He says, get rid of sin or sin will get rid of you. Don't let sin get rid of you. Don't die an early death. No. Don't don't let the devil hinder God's plan for your life. Live holy. Amen. Choose today to draw a line in the sand and live holy. And if you haven't already, let me see if I can get this here. Nope. Other way. Oh, here it is. (laughs) Go follow Kinsey on Instagram Make sure you go follow her listen to some of her stuff She's anointed by God. I'm very thankful for her. Well, let me pray over everybody that gave Father in Jesus name every person that gave today under the sound of my voice Whether during the live stream or after this is posted I join my faith with them according to Matthew 18:19. I touch an agreement. Whatever they're believing for, I call the floodgates of heaven to open over their life. Angels and ministering spirits go, cause the word to work and cause the money to come. Satan, take your hands off of their financial harvest. We praise you, Lord. And as we praise you, I thank you that the earth yields its increase. Every person that gave today, I speak, I decree, and I declare financial overflow in their life. Then men will come and give liberally unto them, generously into their bosom, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And Father, I pray that you would open and enlighten the eyes of people's understanding today to live a holy life. Use your word to trim off dead branches and dead fruit and cause them to multiply and increase in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
1: Amen. 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 Amen.
0: Well, we love you. We're so very thankful for you. I'm glad that you joined me. If you want to have Pastor Kinsey on more, put a thumbs up in the comments so I can know. And really quickly before we go, I want to invite you because I know we got a lot of people that live in Texas or they live in the Bible Belt area. On your screen right now, my pastor, Pastor Stan Pody, will be preaching tomorrow night in Plano, Texas. So if you live in Texas or if you live within 24 hours of Texas, I highly encourage that you come to this meeting. (laughs) <laughs> You're going to want to be there. He'll be preaching with pastors uh, Doc and Mary Murphy, and we're all going to go. It's going to be great. Holy Ghost blowout, lots of power. He's going to be bringing the word and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. So we encourage you come to Faith Store 2022 in Plano, Texas. All the details are on your screen right there. There we, uh, You know what time, you know the location, et cetera, et cetera. Wendy said, I live in Texas. All right, Wendy. Well, good. I'm expecting to see you there. <laughs> Praise God. We love you so much, and I'll see you next time. Adios.